Thanks for listening to Hope Central's latest message. You can learn more about Hope Central or find more messages at hopecentral.org.au. I've been sick for about a month. I got my voice back last week and uh, it's coming in and out, so I might sound like a 16-year-old prepubescent person soon. But we never know. Or then I might not talk at all, so you might be really lucky. All right, so we're going to continue on the Stuck in a Rut, and I get to speak about the spirit of adventure and reinventing yourself. I'd like to think of myself as quite uh, an adventurous kind of person. I'd like to give anything a crack. I'm sure you'd know that one of my favourite things to do is to get in my car, find a dirt road and just trundle off into the unknown and see what I can find out there, just taking turns wherever it comes. And we play a game now when we go to Robe. When it's wet, the weather's pretty rubbish. We get in the car again and we play left and right. So we get on a road and we just go left and right and see where we end up. We love trying to find things. I spend hours looking at maps I look at Google Maps, I could tell you where most places are in the state. I spend hours just looking at maps to see something that I haven't seen before. And then I go on my full drive, generally with Don, and we go out and we try and photograph these things. I love it. I love adventure. I can't tell you how excited I am to go somewhere that I've never been before, to travel that road less travelled. I've been fortunate enough to go to many places now and see a lot of things, but I don't like... to do the touristy things. You know, I'm certainly not Edmund Hillary. I didn't walk to the top of Mount Everest with Tenzay Norgay, what's his name? Tenzig Norgay, the uh, Sherpa. I wasn't the first man up there, so I'm certainly not him. But when I travel, I like to do different things. And when we go to Bali, <clears throat> we generally uh, hire scooters. Who's ever been on a scooter in Bali? Now we know that that can be quite an adventure just in itself. And... Uh, and I, I've been travelling with Frank and we went to Bali together and we were riding around there and we went through villages and buying coconuts on the side of the road in these places and then Frank one day was driving down this dirt track, never been before, super excited. It came out through the thicket right to the edge of a cliff. I have a video that I couldn't bring it but he's, he posted this video of him. This cliff is ridiculous. It would be taller than this building, crashing down onto rocks into the ocean. So that's what the spirit of adventure does for us. So when you go to Bali, get a scooter, but stay on the roads and the paths where you're meant to go because it's a lot safer. Similarly, when I was in India <coughs> with Donald, we uh, did a few of the touristy things. You can't go there and not see the Taj Mahal and things like that. But we did a lot of things where you just walk down back alleys and, you know, seedy-looking places where people were looking at us because we were weird, because we were white. And that was pretty scary. We went to uh, Varanasi and we stood on the ghats there where they have the funeral pyres burning non-stop 24-7. We sat and did all that sort of thing. We felt a long way from home because we were very out of place and it was some of the things we went to were quite dodgy. But adventure is exhilarating. I love it. I can't get enough of it. In fact, next week I get to go to the middle of South Australia on a, on a uh, station out there, throw out a swag, and we'll drive around and see what we can find, which we haven't seen with Pete. So that's going to be fantastic. I've always loved adventure. When I was a kid, I'd go and explore. Behind our house, I used to live in Gawler East, and there was nothing behind us. And we used to jump the fence as kids, and we'd go down in the paddocks, and there'd explore caves down there. There was a cave down there, uh, Bob's Cave, 
and we used to go there and we'd heard all these stories of all these ancient Aboriginal artefacts and then there are secret caves and if you moved a rock here, the passage would open up. So we used to, it was true, I'm sure it was, we just couldn't find that rock. And we used to do that and then we used to go to narrow caves and it's a long thin cave to go up there and we used to wrap old t-shirts around sticks and go up into the cave and nearly asphyxiate from the nylon smoke, get chased by bats but the spirit of adventure was massive and I loved it. I couldn't wait till Saturday mornings to watch a cartoon, Journey to the Centre of the Earth. Anybody watch that? Yeah. Oh, good one person, thank you. So Journey to the Centre of the Earth was where Professor Oliver Lindenbrook went looking for Arnie Sacknesson, who journeyed to the centre of the earth. And all the way through, he'd find little clues that Arnie had been there. And he's trying to find the secrets to the centre of the earth, which uh, poor old Arnie uh, kept with him when he broke his leg and died. It was a fantastic cartoon show. <laughs> and ever since then, I've always liked films, like Raiders of the Last, Lost Ark, finding the Ark of the New Covenant. What an adventure that would be. And Romancing the Stone, the biggest emerald finding the biggest emerald. And then, of course, National Treasure. Don't hate me, but National Treasure, where he's trying to find the Templar's wealth. I love those films. I think it's just amazing. And my favourite now is this one, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Who's seen that film? Absolutely magnificent. What a great film of nonsense. Absolutely brilliant. (coughs) We see Walter. He works for Life magazine. And his whole life is boring. He brings in photos and processes and they put them in the magazine. Until one day the, the last edition comes and he gets sent the best photo ever and he loses it. So he has to use all the other negatives to go and find that one uh, negative that's going to be the final cover of Life magazine. And at the start of it we see him, he's got this amazing imagination. His life is so boring but he dreams big. He dreams all these like, crashing through windows to save dogs and all these amazing things. Anyway, he can't find this, this uh, final photo so he has to go on this adventure to find it. And during the film you see him become this rugged mountaineering man, he's an astronaut, he uh, fights sharks, he jumps out of helicopters, he gets into pub fights in Iceland and Greenland, he skateboards down this hill towards an active volcano. The man goes from humdrum to real life being an absolute uh, adventurer. He finds the photographer eventually, the photographer in the Himalayas, and realises that final photo, that quintessence of life that it's called, was on him all the time. It was in him all the time. It wasn't lost. The movie is a great escapism. If only for a short time, like I say, it's watchable nonsense. But it has two great messages in it that drove people all over the world to go and reinvent themselves and be adventurous. The first is Life Magazine's motto. That was quite at least half a dozen times during the movie. It says, To see the world, things dangerous to come, to see behind walls, draw closer to find each other and to feel. That's the purpose of life. So the first thing there is that people want adventure. That's the adventure side. People's life has to be exciting. People need to go out and do something. We see that all over the place. At the end of the film, Sean Penn, who is a photographer, explains this to Walter. He says, Beautiful things don't ask for attention. The man of immeasurable worldly experience enlightened Walter by teaching him that things worthy of appreciation take time to find. And that's to reinvent yourself. Walter had it in him all the time. He had this beautiful thing inside him all the time and he just needed to reinvent himself to find it. He needed to spend time because beautiful things take time to find. 
People, the amazing thing about this film is people all over the world have dropped out of their jobs and gone and travelled the world because of that film. It's an amazing thing. We watch video bloggers all the time of people who travel. And people have given up their careers, maybe for a year, maybe for two, to go and reinvent themselves, to look behind walls, to go and find something different because people want something different in their life. Reinvention starts with something new and something different. And reinvention happens when something is wrong or missing or bad has happened. Not many people have reinvented themselves when everything is going well. Why do we need to reinvent who we are? A lot of the time it happens when we hit rock bottom, doesn't it? When something goes wrong. It might be a marriage breakup or a, it might be an addiction to something. We want to reinvent ourselves, change our lives. It might be just we're bored and stuck in, in our job and we need to reinvent ourselves. So I looked up why people reinvent themselves. The top one was this, you're stuck in a rut. That, f- that feeling that we're all familiar with, being stuck in a rut, means you're stagnated in some way. As I say, it could be a boring job. You could have a job that you just, you, you've got to the limits of where you're at and you've got nowhere else to go and you think, oh, and life gets pretty boring. You get, so I've been there. I've been in jobs that I have not enjoyed one bit. Been there for a long time. Couldn't stand it. You get stuck in a rut. It could be a static relationship. It could be you're in a marriage where, you know, that spark's gone. It wasn't like it was when you first got started. It just doesn't do it for you anymore, those sort of things. Or perhaps, like I say, it's an addiction. It starts off, you need to keep feeding that addiction for that feeling to get better and better and you get stuck in a rut. It's a general lack of inspiration. The next one was this. You're going through an existentialist crisis. Now, this is what an existentialist crisis is. It's, by definition, refers to the assemble of feelings and questions we have to do with the meaning and purpose of our life. These questions aren't easy to find answers to and this can leave us feeling stuck. We feel unsure of how to respond or which way to go and even impact our lives in a negative way if these feelings persist or worsen. I think right now we live in a world that's in an existentialist crisis. People every day, everywhere, have no idea why they're walking the face of this earth and what they're doing. I talk to people on a regular basis who say that exact thing. Why am I here? What's the point? What's the point of going to work every day? What's the point of doing this? What's the point of doing that? There's just no meaning for it. At the end of the day, what's in it for me? What's going to make me feel good? People say it all the time. I, uh, last week, met this guy called Adam. That's actually not Adam, but he actually looked pretty similar to that. Adam... And his girlfriend and a dog were walking into our car park across the road there with everything they had in life. They had a shopping trolley full of gear, had a suitcase, had a dog and a dog bed. Just everything they owned in life was summed up in that, those three things. And they were opening the back gate to our car park. So we thought we'd better go see what was going on with them. So we got speaking to them and the man was homeless. He started crying, um, obviously addicted to drugs and alcohol which he told us he was, so we're not taking, taking a guess. Obviously addicted, his life is, is going nowhere. And uh, we asked him why he's going into our car park. He said, well, a mate of him told him that might be a good place to live. We said, well, you know, it's a car park, mate. You can't really live here. But I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll go and get you some help. We'll find out some information for you and we'll, we'll get you somewhere to live. So anyway, we found out the information and he could have moved in. He wasn't too happy about it and he stayed there. But he told us... He said, I don't care whether I live or die or whether I go to heaven or hell. My life is over. I have no meaning. 
This is a guy who's so strung out on drugs and that's what he thinks his life has come down to. He's probably 26 years old. He has a girlfriend and a dog and that's it. That's it. That's the sum total of his life and all he could say was, I don't care whether I go to heaven or hell, I don't care if I live or die. 26, 28 years old. What, a, what an existence. The poor bloke stayed there. I went to open the gates last week. As some of you might know, you would have seen his tent in there. And uh, he had his uh, pit bull tied to the gate, so I couldn't open the gate. So that was interesting. And then Sunday morning, I saw him wander off down the street, and he never came back. And he left all his worldly possessions behind, even the dog bed. And we filled an eight by five trailer of his stuff because he left it there. 28 years old, now he's got himself and his dog. Uh, it's just people live in this world of no hope. There's nothing here for me. What can I do? It's terrible. We spend most of our days doing things that make us feel good. And when that doesn't, either doesn't work or it becomes humdrum, we find ourselves reinventing ourselves again. And then it happens again and again. It becomes this never-ending job of trying to satisfy our needs. Imagine this. Just think about this for a sec. If you could reinvent yourself today, what would you change about yourself? Would you be enjoying life more? Would you have a better attitude towards things? Would you have better relationships or even a healthier lifestyle? Or maybe if you could reinvent yourself, would you try to be a better person? You could overcome the sins that you keep falling into. Or you could definitely clean up all those moral weaknesses in your life. You would would make better decisions and judgments about things. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could flick a switch, just change all those things in your life? I think it'd be incredible. Flick a switch and become the best version of yourself that you want you to be. That would be an amazing thing. But can we really do it? Can we flick a switch? Can we just decide one day all those bad things in our life, I'm just not going to do it anymore, turn away? If you could do it, there'd be no problems in the world. Everybody would do it. Adam doesn't want to live in a car park. Adam doesn't want to be a junkie, addicted to things. We can't actually change the big things in our lives by ourselves. But God can. In fact, his plan is to give us a major overhaul, an extreme makeover, if you like. God's plan is for all of us to have a new life. In Ephesians 4, 17 to 24, this is the instructions for Christian living. It says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. They are full of greed. It is so true. We forget what is important, focus on ourselves. People today have lost interest in the church and the gospel because it doesn't fulfil their needs anymore. It just doesn't make them happy. It's not like it used to be. I can't tell you how many times over the last three years, since 2020, people have come up to us and said, we need to reinvent the church. And I 100%, we need to reinvent the church. We need to keep doing inspiring things that God calls us to do. But the minute that we invent the church to make it acceptable for people to come to and it's enjoyment and it's entertainment and the gospel is watered down, then we've lost, lost what we're here for. 
It becomes a social club and we've got plenty of them. We can never water down the gospel. We can never water down the truth, but we need to be reinventing what we, how we present the gospel and how we present the truth. God is a creative God. He can do anything he wants. He wants to listen and act on what we're saying. Let's continue on with verse 20. It says that, however, it is not the way of life he learned. When you heard about Christ, you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former ways of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. True transformation comes when we submit to God and stop trying to make ourselves happy. In the Bible, transformation means to change or renewal. By drawing close to God, he will reinvent us. Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I think we spend so much time working on our happiness is that we forget about our purpose. It's one thing to work on being happy. We need to work on what our purpose is, what God's called us to do. Colossians 1, 10 to 12 says, So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. The purpose of having knowledge and wisdom and insight into who God is is so we can love him and others and thus reflect his image to to the world. That's why we need to be who we are in Christ. That's why we need to know who we are in Christ, is to reflect Christ to other people in the world. The world needs something different to what they see every day on TV, on social media. The world needs something different to that. The world doesn't need to see me. The world needs to see Jesus in me. We need to present the gospel through who we are to the world. This world is sad. This world is in terrible shape and it needs us to show Jesus to them. We need a knowledge of God that is experiential, not just intellectual. God wants a relationship with us. God wants to know us personally. God doesn't want us just to have a head knowledge of him. He wants us to know him personally. That's what God is. He's an intimate God. I'm telling you, if you want a life of adventure, you need to follow God. Give, your desire, give in to your desires and allow God to lead you. Imagine for a second being the disciples doing whatever they were doing, making tents, fish, fixing fishing nets, and Jesus walks past and says, hey, come and follow me. And they drop what they're doing and follow God and become a disciple of God, become a follower of God. You tell me their life wasn't an adventure. You imagine the things they saw and did that no man had ever seen before. What an incredible time that would have been. God is a God who loves adventure. He wants us to be on an adventure. Did they do it perfectly as soon as they followed God? Nope. Did, they, did it always go the way it was planned? Nope. But they did it anyway and they kept pressing into God. The day they laid down their desires and followed the will of God, they started to be transformed into the very thing God wanted for them. The life they never knew they wanted but were completely fulfilled in the calling. They didn't know they wanted to be a disciple of God but once they were, they were completely fulfilled in it. What an incredible thing. 
their lives are never the same again. I think the reason we struggle to draw close to God is because we always feel like we've done too much wrong. I can't do that. I can't do this. How can I do that? Because God knows what I'm done. God knows what I'm like behind doors. God knows. But you know the thing about Christianity? Christianity isn't about being perfect. It's about being perfected. It's an ongoing process that needs us to be courageous enough to stand up, dust ourselves off when we fall, and allow God to keep outworking the calling on our lives. We're never, ever going to get it right all the time. We're going to make lots of mistakes. We've made lots of mistakes in the past. But through God, through that outworking of his grace and his love of salvation, we are constantly being renewed. I love this scripture, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For the light momentarily affliction is preparing us for eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. I just love that, that little part there. The things that we're going through today are building us for our future and eternal glory. It's an incredible thing. They're, they're minuscule in what's going to happen. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. It is so easy to lose heart when we walk through this life. We watch our outer bodies wasting away. I look in the mirror and I see these ridiculous moles growing on the side of my head. And I think, where did they come from? Thirty? When I was 30 or 40, they weren't there. When I look in the mirror and I see this round man with a grey beard, when I used to look like that, it's not hard. It's, and they were actually my teeth. It's, it's not hard to be disgruntled, to be upset. And it's really hard to see your inner self being renewed. We must remember that this life is just a blink in the face of eternity and for all that we've been created for. And that's for an adventure that God's got for us. Edmund Hillary, who was the first man to conquer Everest, didn't do it on his first attempt. It was maybe a third attempt when he got up the top. But after his first attempt, he said this. He said, I'll come back and conquer you because as a mountain you can't grow, but as a human I can. And I think that's fantastic. The mountain can't grow, but you can. The things that hold us back and we struggle with today... We can grow past them as humans, as God's children, giving it to God, focusing God, being renewed by God. We'll outgrow the things that hold us back. We won't be stuck in those ruts. We need to be focusing on God. There are going to be many things in life that are going to make us feel like we're stuck in a rut. Many times when the adventure we're on just doesn't do it for us anymore. We need to keep focusing God. When we tire of chasing that feeling we once had and lose interest, interest in reinventing ourselves and we become stagnant. Every one of us here today was born with an adventurous spirit in us. You don't have to tell a kid to imagine things, to dream things, to go and do stuff. We used to go down the caves in Gawler. No one told us that we had to do this or had to do that. We camped there. We saw things walking past the front of yeah, It could have been dinosaurs or anything. No one had to tell us any of that sort of stuff. We loved it. We dreamed it. We had that spirit of adventure. We used to run across a pipeline that was about that wide over a blooming chasm in the creek bed. No one told us to do that. We just did it. Did it fearless. We did it because we had the spirit of adventure in us. We lose the spirit of adventure as, as adults. 
as grown-ups because life gets to us. Life gets us stuck in a rut and we need to shake that off. We need to find our purpose and adventure that God calls us on. And when we do that, when we truly have Christ as the first thing and not an add-on, if God is the first thing on your mind, if something's going wrong and God is the first thing, not an add-on, not the thing you think, oh, jeepers, I've tried 16 times now, I better go and talk to God. If God is the first thing, then our lives will be free. We'll be set free. We won't be stuck in a rut anymore. Can another band come? Being stuck in a rut is, is hard. It is absolutely hard. And I know today, like all of us, there are lots of people here today who are at the moment stuck in a rut. You feel like you just can't get through it. You feel like life is too much, it's too hard. You don't focus on God anymore, you focus on your problems. The fear in your life is holding you back from everything that God's got for you. You're nervous, you're tentative about things. You need to lay down your desires. You need to lay down what's making you feel good about yourself and make sure that you're working on what God says about you. We need to focus on God. We need to make God the first thing in our lives and that change will come. He will reinvent you. God's actual calling for your life is to renew it. He's to give you a new life. When you become a Christian and you're born again, Jesus is giving you a new life. And somewhere along the line we get confused and we forget that. You could look around this room now and look at most people here and think about the amazing change that Jesus has done in your life. How often do we go back to that point when you got saved and Jesus changed your life? I can tell you, for me, it was the most amazing experience of my life. That feeling of, like, it's just absolute joy. Incredible joy that someone loved me so much and set me free from all the dumb things that I'd done in my life. How often do I feel like that now? Because life gets on top of us. We forget. We forget to stop searching for those great things in God. There are people today who are in a rut. And if that's you today, as we play a song, I'd love for you to come forward. I'd love for the team to pray for you. And I'd love for you to start moving forward. Remember, you are constantly being renewed. This isn't a click of the fingers. Everything's great. Every day you're being renewed. It's a process. Christianity isn't perfect. Christianity is about being perfected. You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.